Well, this morning, we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, right? What he did. The fact that he defeated death, hell, and the grave. We are remembering his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Those things in and of themselves are the gospel message of what Jesus came to do. He came to be that sacrifice for us. Now, some of us, you know, who've maybe grown up in church, and I'm guilty of this. It can become really familiar if I'm not careful. It just can. I hear that story from the time I was in kids' church, and then I preach the story now, many, many years in between. And if I'm not careful... It can become familiar that I sit there and think, Ooh, wow, thanks, Jesus, that's awesome. But I don't actually think about what he really did for us. And today, the title of today's message is The Father's Gift. Now, I have a question for us. Ooh, there it went. All right. How many of us enjoy receiving gifts? I do. I mean, it's, it's not a trick question, I promise, all right? Like, I enjoy getting gifts. I love it when my kids make me things 99% of the time. <laughs> Every parent goes amen to that, right? You know, and, but my favorite gifts are the ones where my wife not only looks for things that I want, But then she combines them with things that I need. And she's like, oh, I think this is going to be something that he's really going to enjoy. Because it's not just something. It's something that means something to me. Right? And those are are my favorite gifts. I love those because when I open them, it feels like they are just tailor-made for me. It's like, ooh, man, that is exactly what I needed and what I wanted. How did you know? She's like, well, because you've been talking about it for nonstop for a month, you know. Hints work sometimes, all right? So, but it's a, but you know, but, but it, is, it is amazing though when those things, all of a sudden you're like, man, this is exactly what I needed and it was more than I ever even realized how much I wanted it. And I want to talk to us today about the most incredible gift that hits both of those things for all of us and that's the gift of Jesus. Jesus is the Father's gift to us. John 3, 16 and 17 says it like this. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So why is this so important to know? Well, it's crazy because last week was Palm Sunday. And that, that's the Sunday, you know, that we, we celebrate Jesus being, um, you know, he, he was ushered in, in, in into this, the city and he was riding on the donkey. And there, you know, everybody's saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. Praises to him. Praise God. Thank you for the king. Hosanna to the son of David. And they're just celebrating him as king. And they're like, yes, seven days, or actually five days later, they're killing him. A lot can happen in a week, guys. A lot can happen in a week. And they did this, I believe, mainly because 
He did not fulfill. He did not fulfill their desires in the way that they wanted him to fulfill their desires. And so it went from, whoo, man, we love you because you're going to save us. And yeah, you're amazing. But then when that looked different, all of a sudden they're going, wait a second, time out. You're not supposed to give yourself up. You're a king. What are you thinking? Jesus went, in that week, Jesus went from being honored to despised. And the crazy thing is, though, is that so many of the people there, so many of people even even still today, they didn't realize that Jesus had to die in order for us to be able to have the victory that we have today. It wasn't an option. He had to. You see, up until that point in human history, from the fall of Adam and Eve until the moment that Jesus rose again, death was always victorious. Death always won from that moment until Jesus rose again. Sin always had the final word. Do we realize that? That no matter what, death always won. But when Jesus willingly gave himself up for us, when he took our place as a spotless lamb of God and and he actually became sin for us, is what the Bible says, everything changed. The Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no forgiveness for sin unless blood is shed. And Jesus shed his own blood. He did this when he was beaten. He did it when he was bruised. When they were mocking him with the crown of thorns and just shoving it onto his head. When they nailed his hands and his feet to the cross. When they pierced his side with a spear. He shed his blood for us. He shed his blood for you. He shed his blood for me. There isn't like, well, I'm sure he did for you because you're a better person than I am. No, it's none of that. He shed his blood for you. Because he wanted to make sure that you had every opportunity to not be separated from God for eternity. He endured those things because he loves us. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, he says, talking about God, he says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. You see, we cannot live our lives assuming that we can live any way we want to and it not cost us something. If it costs God something, it's going to cost us something. The gift that he gave us cost him his only son. The gift that God gave to us 
was his son and that blood of Jesus that forgave our sins, that washed us white as snow, is what it cost him. Romans 6 says this, the Apostle Paul, he says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. When I'm sinning, when I'm continually living in sin, and I'm continually doing those things I know I'm not supposed to do, the cost of that is death. But the free gift of God is salvation through Jesus. You see, this is why Jesus had to die. He had to become sin so that we would no longer be separated from God. The Bible tells us that when Jesus died on the cross, that moment on that Friday afternoon, it says, the sky went dark and the ground shook. And in that moment, inside the temple there in Jerusalem, the veil that separated where most people could come to where only one person could come into the presence of God, and it was a big, thick veil. This thing was like a phone book. I mean, for those of you who don't know, we used to have phone books that had (laughs) numbers inside of them. And it was this thick, thick veil. And it says it tore from top to bottom. It tore in two. And it was symbolic that from that moment on, everyone had access to the presence of God. Because of what Jesus did, we had the opportunity then. We didn't have to wait for somebody else to do it for us. Jesus was the sacrifice. And we are no longer having to pay penance and have somebody else do it for us. Hebrews tells us, the writer of Hebrews tells us, come boldly before the throne of grace. It's for all of us. We can come before him and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I blew it. And I need your forgiveness. Jesus is an incredible gift for us. God loved you so much that he gave Jesus to be sacrificed, to be the sacrifice so that we could so that we could choose to not be separated from him forever. See, the challenge with gifts though is that in order to be enjoyed they have to be received. If I gave my kids a gift and it was all wrapped up and it was really nice, they could be really excited. Man, that's for me. That's going to be amazing. Wow, that's going to be incredible. But if they never open it, are they ever going to actually fully be able to embrace that gift? Are they going to be able to actually fully utilize that gift? Are they going to enjoy that gift? Are they going to have the benefits of it? And the answer is no. And that's the thing is that God, God gave us this incredible gift in Jesus. And Jesus went through everything he went through. And so many times, many of us treat him as, oh man, thank you, Jesus, that's so great. But we just leave him right up here on the shelf. We don't actually grab hold of the gift of salvation. I've heard people argue 
And they'll say, surely if God was loving, then if someone who was good enough and didn't do too many bad things, they would definitely go to heaven, right? I mean, come on. No. Sorry, but no. That's not how it works. Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He doesn't say, I am a way. He says, I am the way. There is a definite article there. It's not, this is what it is. It is only by faith in Christ. You know, what's amazing to me is that this is here in John 14, and I love John 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, when, they're, when he's, he's talking all there at the Last Supper and all the, the moments leading up. And he's talking to his disciples, and he's saying all these things, and this is part of it. Then just hours later, hours later, he finds himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's, he's in so much sorrow because he knows what is getting ready to happen. And he's sitting there and he's praying, and it says that his sweat became like drops of blood because of the understanding of what was getting ready to happen and the stress that was on him. And he says this to his dad. He says, Father, if there is any other way for this to be achieved, then please let it be so. And then he follows up with this. He says, but not my will, but yours be done. See, God, God gave us this gift and Jesus understood his assignment of what he had to do, but it doesn't mean that it was an easy thing for him to do. And then he had this moment where he's sitting there and he's going, God, is there any other way? Please, if there's any other way, But he knew there wasn't because he is the only way to salvation. See, the reality is is that if God had created other ways for people to come to him other than Jesus, then God's pretty messed up for making Jesus go through all that stuff. But there is no other way except for him. That's not always a fun thing to hear because we always like to think that our way is probably the best way. Well, I know from my own life, his way is the only way that ever tends to work out well. The salvation of my life that Jesus paid for with his life is not anything that I am able to earn on my own. Ephesians 2 tells us this. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I love this because Paul's telling man, he's like, there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. You just have to receive the free gift that was given to you. It's all by his grace through faith, because otherwise, if it was about anything that I could do, then I could brag about it. Well, here's what you have to do to be saved. As long as you do this, you'll be fine. But it's not about me. It's about what he has done. We have no place to boast 
Because it's not about how good we've been. It's not about the good things versus the bad things that we've done in our life. It's just not. So often we love to have kind of like this this scale. If I've done enough good, it'll outweigh the bad and I'll be okay. It's not about that. It's about Jesus. If it was about the good things versus the bad things, then that thief who was on the cross next to Jesus would have never made it in. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I would have loved to have been up in heaven at that moment when the thief dies and he gets there and the angel looks and goes, what are you doing here? I don't know. The, the guy next to me, you know, he said that if, if, if I believe in him and, you know, and, and I believe who he said he was and he told me today I was going to be with him in paradise and here I am. It's because he believed. It's about us accepting by faith what Jesus has done and believing that he is who he says he is. I can do nothing to save myself. It is only through him. See, when Jesus died and was buried, almost everyone thought that it was over. I mean, think about it. The guy you've been following for the last three and a half years, you've seen him do all these incredible things. You've heard all the words he said and you assume it's going to look a certain way. He dies on that Friday afternoon and you're going, what? My world is shook. What do I do? You bury him on Friday night because it's getting ready to be Passover and you're going, oh man. You're hiding because you're thinking, man, next they're coming after me. And then you kind of probably stir up a little faith and go, you know what, no, no, he, he said he's, he said it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. So I bet tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up. This is all a dream. He probably didn't actually really die. It's going to be okay. And then Saturday morning you wake up. Nothing's changed. Well, maybe it will this afternoon. Maybe by this afternoon it's going to change. And nothing has changed. Saturday night you go to bed and still nothing has changed. But now you're hearing rumors and you're hearing whispers of what they're getting ready to come and do to you. Because you were a follower of him. And you're thinking, oh no, 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 no. And then Friday morning you wake up to Mary running, hey, somebody, Jesus isn't there anymore. Now you're thinking, oh man, now what happened? Because all your faith is gone at that moment, right? I love in, the, in Scripture that during the account, it doesn't say they all went, yes, Jesus rose from the dead. They all went, oh, man, somebody stole his body. Faith, right? So, But then Jesus appeared. And Jesus reminded him of what he had said and they began to see things from a different perspective. And they realized that he truly was the gift from Father God above that was to them that was now able to actually give them eternal life. It wasn't about this, we're going to come against the Romans and beat them all politically. No, it was about this reality that there's an everlasting kingdom that is going to last forever. But we have to be willing to embrace who he is and what he has said in order to receive it. He is 
the resurrection and the life. Jesus is life. As we begin to just remember what it is that he has done, everything he went through, and the victory that he achieved when he beat death, hell, and the grave. We need to remember that his victory becomes our victory when we appropriate it into our lives. I'm wondering this morning if there's some of us in here who've maybe even grown up in church, maybe we've been in church all of our lives, but we've never actually received the gift of Jesus into our life. We sat there and thought, man, he's great. Boy, I know a lot about him. And boy, that is a really pretty present that I have up there on the shelf, but I don't actually know him. And God is saying, hey, I've given you, I am giving you the opportunity to come and know me today. If you're here this morning and you're going, Chris, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I've heard about him. I heard he's a good man. I've heard all these things, but I don't know him as my Savior. I don't know for certain that if I don't wake up tomorrow that I won't spend eternity separated from him. Now, some of us sit there and think, well, I don't want to think about that. I get it. It's not a fun thing to think about, but you know what's a much scarier thing to live out? Is eternity separated from him. Oh, Chris, I can't believe you'd say that. Well, it's true, guys. I love you too much to let you know that that's not true. It is truth. He loves you so much that he gave his only son. And then he gave you the opportunity to accept that gift into your life. So if you're here this morning, you're saying, you know what? I need to know Jesus as my Savior. I would just ask you just to raise your hand right now. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid of anything. But if there's anybody in here who does not know Jesus and you want to, please raise your hand because I want to pray with you. Now that's exciting to me because there's nobody in here who doesn't know Jesus today. So now we now have the opportunity because all of us know this truth and we know it real in our life. So now all of us have the opportunity to say, you know what, I need to go make sure somebody else knows about Jesus. The gift that the Father gave me, I need to make sure that I'm relaying that gift to others. That's what we're called to do. That's why Jesus died and rose again. So that everybody who we know would at least have the opportunity to know Him as Savior so that they don't have to spend eternity separated from Him. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. We're going to pray and be dismissed this morning. Guys, we're going to have a prayer team up here in the front. And if you need prayer for anything, it doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it has something to do with the sermon. Maybe you're a little bit scared and you didn't want to raise your hand. That's all right. We'll have people who'd love to pray with you anyway. Maybe it has nothing to do with the sermon at all and you just need prayer. Come up and get prayer because we want to pray with you. After we're dismissed, we're going to have snacks and refreshments in in the fellowship hall. So stick around and get to know people and just fellowship for a little bit. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I ask that you would just, I ask that, that, that you would just impact us in our lives. God, we don't ever want to be so familiar with who you are and with your story 
that we forget the impact that it had on my life, that it changed me forever. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for going through everything you went through so that I can not be separated from you for eternity. Jesus, I I just love you. There is none like you. There is no other God like you. You are, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, I thank you for doing what you've done for us. I thank you that we are the joy that was set before you and why you endured the cross was so that we could come to know you. God, I I just pray blessings over every single family who's here, every family represented. God, let there be healing in the areas where we need healing. God, I ask that, that you would just even let your miracles flow because God, you are the God who does miracles. Jesus, we love you and we thank you and in your name we pray. Amen. Guys, you're just missed. Have a wonderful week and have a great time with family and friends. And don't forget, we do have refreshments out in the back as well.